us. We are a new people. God, God has always had a people. Uh, there's old people, not in the sense of your age, but from the old covenant, the Old Testament, there was a people. And when you start moving toward the New Testament, there's a new people. And that, that transition from old to new, I mean, we're still trying to sort that out and figure that out. But what I want to say is it's very obvious, if you read the entire Bible, that there's a new people. And there's a new covenant. There's a new circumcision. It all builds from the past, but it's not the same thing. And, and one thing, it's got, I've just got to say it because sometimes people don't hear it. The new covenant is for everybody. The old covenant was intended for everybody, but it was through, through Abraham the nations will be blessed. So when you, when you follow that theme through the old covenant established with Abraham, the nations will be blessed. Well, through history, guess what? The nations were not blessed. And so God said, hey, my intent has been always to bless the nation, all the nations. And so this new covenant is for everybody. Whether you're a Jew or whether you're a Gentile, doesn't matter what nation you're from, not, doesn't matter what tribe you're from, what language, what people group, this is for every human being. This new covenant, this new circumcision, it, it's the circumcision of Jesus. It's the spiritual circumcision. We all go, Whew. But we're a new people. And everybody's invited to be part of that new people. We are the body of Christ. That's an incredible statement. We are the body of Christ. New people, new circumcision, new covenant, the body of Christ. We've received Jesus as our king. He's the Lord. He's the Christ. You know, one way, I don't know how you said it, and I I don't get hung up on, we all got to say it this way. I don't think you want to do that. Even if you were to go through the New Testament you would find a variety of ways that people said, Jesus, I believe in you. But we said something like, Jesus, we believe you are the Messiah. We believe you're the King. We believe you're our Savior. We believe. And we've decided to follow Jesus. Jesus, I believe you. I'm going to follow you. And then we rely upon the Holy Spirit to help us follow Jesus. We've got to learn to ask the Holy Spirit to help us. Help us follow Jesus. And as we follow Jesus, uh, as we said last week, we're living Jesus. We live him. We live him. It's not just a profession of faith. It's a life. We live him. We continue life's journey in a relationship with Jesus. Our faith in Jesus translates to our footsteps And again, the Holy Spirit is the one that empowers us to live like Jesus. Without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, we can't do it. In and of our own selves, we can't do it. We need help. So we rely upon the Holy Spirit to empower us. Who we believe in, and we believe in Jesus, who we believe in, and how we live our lives 
is inseparable. When it becomes separated, when I'm saying that I believe in Jesus and I'm living in a way that's contrary to who Jesus is, that's a problem. You can't separate who we believe in and how we live our lives. And that begins to root us. We are rooting ourselves in him. I mean, the church in the Bible most of the time is is described organically. So those of you that have green thumbs, you'll love it. Because we're putting down healthy roots. We're, We're deeply rooting in Jesus. Our deepening roots nourish our relationship. As long as we're rooting in him, we're deepening those roots in relationship with Jesus, then we have a defense against the subtle departures from the faith. Now, the reason I bring that subtle departure from the faith is that's when we're reading Colossians. We're reading about a community of people like us, ordinary people, just a different place, following Jesus, learning from Jesus, announcing the kingdom. But there was a deception. There was false teaching That was going on in Colossae. So I need to tell you about that so what we read today will make sense. So the false teaching in Colossae, what they, and the they, the false teachers, were Gnostic Jewish philosophers. They try to achieve by way of ecstasy and asceticism is for Paul opposed to adherence to the exclusiveness of Christ the head in whom all wisdom and knowledge are given. Now read that sentence again. That word exclusivism is going to throw you off. What the Gnostic Judaizers were saying is if, if, we, can, if we can go down this pathway and have this ecstatic experience and maybe this encounter with angels and then we, we kind of flagellate our bodies and become aesthetic because this flesh is bad, then, then, we'll, then we'll get wisdom and knowledge. Gnosis, Gnosticism, Gnosis is knowledge. We'll get this special knowledge. And Paul's saying, no. Wisdom and knowledge are given. They're the gift of those that connect in relationship with Jesus and root in him, then Jesus is going to download wisdom and knowledge through that relationship. It's not, it's not us trying to figure out how to get it. To keep to him, to keep to Jesus... And thus to participate in divine growth, there is no need of syncretistic methods of producing visions and therefore knowledge. If we go the way of the false teachers, we shall always have to wait for such moments of ecstatic vision. And we shall have to enter by painful investigation into what has been seen in ecstasy. Paul regards this process as a false path because as he sees it, All the treasure of wisdom and knowledge are given him in Christ alone. Now think for a moment. That's a description of a Gnostic Judaizer 
heresy going on in Colossae. But kind of connect that, because that stuff hasn't gone away. It's still with us. <laughs> so just kind, of, just kind of log that away. Now, the process for the Gnostic Judaizers was adhering to Jewish practices. So again, when, when I said about the Abrahamic covenant, which was through literal circumcision, there was a group of people that said they were following Jesus, following Paul, saying, okay, you Gentiles, now that you've come to faith in Jesus the Messiah, you must be physically circumcised. You must become a Jew in order to follow Jesus. And once you become a Jew, then, then in following Jesus, then you're going to keep all the Jewish customs and practices. In that also, I want you to seek, the Gnostics would say, seek an ecstatic experience. And because of Colossae, there was, there was a site for angelic, uh, some, I don't, it's just a weird thing to describe, but just that people were worshiping angels in Colossae, more attached to paganism than anything else. And then you're going to submit to aesthetic practices, which is, you're just defined, this body, this, body, this flesh is bad. So if I'm going to come to a new knowing, I've got to be really spiritual. That's the process. That's the false path. And Paul says, no. Remember, this is from last week. We're buried together with him. We're raised together with him. We're made alive together with him. Now, of those, that, that, which of the, what, what are we doing in that process? What are we doing in this process? Did you bury yourself together with Christ? No. Did you raise yourself together with Christ? No. Did you make yourself alive together with Christ? No. So what does that make us? The recipients of what God does for us. We, we simp, we, we're receiving the mercy and the grace of God. That's his process. Now, this is the passage I want us to focus on. Colossians 2, 16 to 19. Therefore, because you've been buried together with Jesus, you've been raised together with Jesus, you've been made alive together with Jesus, Based upon that, therefore, do not let anyone condemn you in matters of food and drink or of observing festivals, new moons, or Sabbaths. These are only a shadow of what is to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Do not let anyone disqualify you, insisting on self-abasement and worship of angels, dwelling on visions, puffed up without cause, by a human way of thinking and not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body nourished and held together by its ligaments and sinews grows with a growth that is from God. Now one of the questions that comes out of that, you know, how, do, how does this body of Christ, how does that, how does that grow? So, let me give you the negative, and then we'll go to the positive. 
it, the, the body of Christ doesn't grow by a return to Jewish practices. Do not let anyone condemn you in matters of food and drink, dietary law. Or observing festivals, new moons, and all of that's connected with the old covenant. These are a shadow. Now, this is what is crazy. The matters of food and drink, the dietary laws, the observing of festivals, the new moons, the Sabbaths, those things contained in the old. Did did y'all ever see the photo? Somebody took a photo of the worship team, and the silhouette of the worship team was on the wall. I was really hoping that it would be a sunny day, and we could see that today, but we can't. It's a blank wall. But if the sun was radiating on the windshields of the car, it would cast on that wall the shadow. Does it, did anybody ever see that? Who took that photo? Somebody gave me a photo. It's, really a, great, it's a great photo. Molly? Thank you, Molly. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, so I'm just talking to you, okay? <laughs> now, what, do, you, do you see what Paul is saying? The shadow in the Old Testament was the dietary law where the feasts and the festivals, the calendar, that, that's the shadow. What's casting the shadow? Huh? The real. What's the real? Now, now, that's right. S-S-O, son. The body of Christ is what is casting the shadow. Folks, think about that. That should blow some circuits. Huh? Another way, that, that was not reality. That was the pathway to reality. The reality is the body of Christ. The body of Messiah. You and I following Jesus. Not tolerating people that are condemning us concerning dietary laws, keeping feasts and festivals, new moons and Sabbaths. Folks, Those of us that are following Jesus as new people with a new circumcision and a new covenant, we're the real deal. In the whole stretch of human history, we're part of casting the shadow back to the ages so that they could come forward into the reality. That, what? That's crazy. So we don't get there. We don't, we don't see the body growing through return to Jewish practices, nor by syncretic Gnostic practices. Do not let anyone disqualify, insisting on self-abasement, worship of angels, dwelling on visions, puffed up without cause by a human way of thinking. There's not a dualism in the New Covenant. The most spiritual person that we would ever know took on the form, the body, flesh, spirit, flesh. There's, there's not a division 
Gnosticism makes that division. It's built on dualism. Flesh is bad, spirit's good. God's redeeming us. Why, why when I die and this body is planted, why is this body going to come out of the grave one day? Because God's redeeming everything. <laughs> body, soul, spirit. There's not to be a syncretism. Well, you know, that's kind of, that, that, well, those pagans, you know, that kind of had a thing going with those angels. So let's just, just bring that into this. Maybe there's some wisdom and knowledge in that. No, that doesn't work so good. False humility doesn't work either. And then this, <laughs> this, this translation was groundlessly inflated by a fleshly mind. That should discourage us about going this way anyway. Groundlessly inflated by a, a fleshly mind. So if it's not by a return to Jewish practices, if it's not by syncretic Gnostic practices, how does the body grow? Holding fast to the head. From whom the whole body, nourished and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows with a growth that is from God. Holding fast to the head means maintaining a close union to Jesus. I mean, as, I mean, as silly as it would be, whoop, whoop, you know, if you disconnected my head, what would happen to the body? Done. And then you couldn't reconnect it, right? So it's not like he's really asking us, okay, walk around, hold fast to your head. It's, it's, again, it's a symbolism. It's a, it's a metaphor. Hold fast to close union with Jesus. Don't let go of pursuing closeness with Jesus. If you let go of that, you become vulnerable to false pathways. The other thing is, the body is not nourished, and it begins to fall apart. And it, it doesn't grow, because only God can bring growth. So it brings me to just wanting to just spend some time asking the Holy Spirit to teach us some things. So if you would, just kind of position yourself. Just take a moment. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit to come. And just begin to speak to us based upon what we just read and talked about. Holy Spirit, we recognize that you've been present throughout this whole morning. We recognize that you've been doing ministry in one way or the other. But we just want to recognize and set apart this time as a time where we invite you to do your ministry within us. And between us. So Holy Spirit, would you please teach us to remain closely united to Jesus. To hold fast to the head of the body. How do we individually and corporately and universally. How do we as new people following Jesus remain closely united to Jesus.
Let him give you some ideas. How you do that? How do we do that? Holy Spirit, bind us together without passing judgment and condemning one another or other people. I don't know what your experience is, but my experience has been that when people are passing judgment on me and condemning me, I don't grow. It discourages my growth. I don't increase, I begin to decrease. I begin to crawl in a hole. (laughs) Holy Spirit, bind us together without passing judgment and condemning one another or the people around us. Holy Spirit, teach us to discern false pathways. Most of us have had a friend that get way, they get way too excited about going backwards. <laughs> we got to celebrate Rosh Hashanah. Well, why do I? Historical, okay. But why should we be doing that? Gnosticism is, is any practice of our faith that separates out the flesh from the spirit. I've, I've had a good friend who said, you know, uh, hey, friend, can I pray for you? You got, a, you got a cold. No, I don't. In Jesus' name. I said, excuse me? His eyes are watering. His nose is running. He's sneezing and coughing. No. I'm healed in Jesus' name. Well, time out. I want you to be healed in Jesus' name. But pretending like your body is not sick right now is not the pathway to healing. I'm sick. (laughs) This is what Susan's been saying. I'm sick. I feel awful. I'm sick. Help me. Heal me. But until my body responds to that healing power... I'm still sick. You can't separate it out. Faith repeats. Faith is persistent. It's not a sign of lack of faith to repeat. Remember the the widow and the judge? She was annoying. Be annoying. With God and your family and your friends. Teach us. To discern false pathways. Holy Spirit, I would ask you to silence all the voices of judgment and condemnation that have tried to run our lives without close union to Jesus. Silence those voices. And finally, help us to receive the growth God gives. God wants there to be an increase. He wants there to be an increase in our community. He wants there to be an increase in you, in your family. God wants increase. But notice that we have to position ourselves to receive 
the growth that God gives. Again, we, we're totally in a position of receiving. God, thank you that you want to bring increase into our lives. And thank you that you simply want us to position ourselves to say, yes, God, we want to receive what you have for us by holding to the head of the body, by remaining closely united with Jesus, we want to receive the increase. Holy Spirit, bring all of that into our lives for the sake of Jesus and for the sake of your kingdom come. In his name, amen. Thank you all for our morning together.